It's spooky season, y'all! Dig yourself out of your graves, tombstoners, because you're in for another spine-tingling episode of... High on Horror! Hell yeah. I'm one of your hosts, Josh, and joining me as always is Miles. What's up, buddy? Hello! And surviving the awful hurricane, Chris! Real-life horror! <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Our sweet boy is safe. So I lived, I, I literally kept thinking of that movie, Crawl, and I was like, Jesus, don't let the gators hunt me. <laughs> we still have to do that on here. I still need to see that I movie. I know, dude. Now you have to. After this hurricane that actually made that realistic. Did you see the shark <laughs> swimming in the street? I saw a lot of things swimming in the street. Bro, Good Lord. It has been absolute chaos here in Florida, folks, and... I'm not kidding when I say the entire freaking state was affected like crossways like my friends who were on the east coast where the storm didn't land their houses are straight flooded right now so it was it was crazy I I evacuated there was tornadoes that touched down where I evacuated in West Palm Beach which is again the other side of the state and it came like a block within a block of where I was at and I had to shelter in place in the closet with my girlfriend and her mom. It was it was insane. So yeah, I'm just happy to be here. Hell yeah. In uh, solidarity, nice. I decided to watch the movie Storm of the Century while this was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie so much. I'm halfway through it. It's like fucking four hours long, but still it's I was so like, and, and I'm thinking, you're Chris, this is snow instead. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was crazy though. I came home. I'm all good. So, awesome. Yeah, glad to hear it, buddy. We we've missed you. We we were praying for you. Yeah, I know. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, it, Chris. Chris had to wait to go to the movies because this goddamn storm to see our movie today. We're doing Pearl, the prequel to X, the the smash hit X that we did on the show. Fantastic episode for a fantastic movie, and I feel like this is going to be pretty much the same. Dude, yep. Yes. <laughs> but first yeah before we get to the movie we, we got spooky stuff to talk about who wants to go first i got all kinds of shit miles go time i've been going so hard on horror movies but uh <laughs> probably the most notable one i've watched is the original hellraiser movie have you guys Man. revisited that lately uh not in a while i watched it but... when i was in college the last time Dude, the the Cenobites are terrible actors, and their dialogue is very poorly written. But the rest <laughs> of the plot with the guy, like, reanimating in the attic and killing these dudes and shit, it was so gnarly. And I'm like, fuck, yes, I didn't realize how much I love this <laughs> franchise. Even though there's, like, 19 oh, of no. them, and they never stopped making them. <laughs> it was so brutal, dude. The, the just, like, absolute gore and nightmarish character design is what makes that movie for me. It's so crazy. It's so good. So the it was in honor of the remake that's coming out on the 9th. I don't know when this episode drops, but on the 9th is the remake. And I could not be more stoked about that movie. It's going to show me shit that I will never forget, and it's going to haunt me the rest of my life, and I'm stoked. <laughs> Miles got a boner for Lady Pinhead. Yeah, dude. She's just like, Your soul is mine. <laughs> it's like, the what's the chick from the new Resident Evil movie that everyone wanted to get some of that cake because she had a fat booty? <laughs> you know 
which one I'm talking about? It's like Lady Dimitrica no. oh, or something. Oh, yes, from the game. Yeah, the big vam, the seven foot tall. Dude, everyone's like, I want her to carry me around. It's like <laughs> mash with She Hulk. She's got heavy tits, and I'm all here for that. <laughs> um, what else have I been doing? Oh, I debuted my Halloween costume on TikTok. I'm gonna have to put yeah. it on the high on horror one. Uh, it's uh, it's creepy. I have like it, I bought this whole ensemble, which is pretty cool, and I made a questionable choice of having those rave gloves that like are super mystifying if you see them in person <laughs> you just like wiggle your <laughs> fingers in front of people and it's like Ooh! and uh yeah i'm really excited about that may not be as scary as it was but with that mask on it's pr- pretty not cute i'll tell you that <laughs> so and then i made the mistake of buying that one that it's like a skull mask but it has a clown face like stuck to it and you rip off the clown face and it's so awesome <laughs> i haven't debuted that one yet but i feel like everybody's seen it at some point or another it's terrifying dude i if i had seen that as a child i'd have fucking shit myself <laughs> can you believe that we're officially in spooky season and we are now full steam ahead to halloween it's crazy i feel like halloween crept up on me this year and i'm so stoked for it it didn't creep up on me i've been in the season for the last two months <laughs> at work I've been patiently waiting at work every day like i'm in charge of the music some days and i just put on a 1950s and 60s halloween party mix so <laughs> not only do you get the monster mash but you get like season of the witch and all that kind of shit oh it's so glorious dude yeah love it. what about you guys you do anything spoopy josh what's up um, let's see. I got a couple sp- spooky things. I'm wearing my my Freddy versus Jason rock paper scissors shirt, <laughs> and it's that. awesome. It's so cool. I love it. Um, the big thing is I've been watching Chucky the series, and it's really Ooh. fucking cool. It's is it good? Yeah, it's good, dude. I need to watch yeah. it. I hadn't heard from anybody like definitively if they liked it or not. So I was like, eh. Yeah, it's got like it, they went back to like the original type of music, but it like ties all the movies together, and it's very modern. So it's weird seeing him like interact with millennials and shit. <laughs> it's it's so weird, but it, it has Devin Sawa, who you might know as the main kid from the first Final Destination movie. He plays his dad and his I, dad's identical twin, his uncle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> It's it's definitely it's a weird show, but it's it. I'm here for it, and I can't believe the kills that they use on TV because this is on Sci-Fi and USA. But there are gnarly kills, and he's dropping the f bomb every other way. <laughs> yeah, basic cable's trying to keep up right now. They're having a hard time. Yeah, he's slitting throats. He's cutting heads off. It's fantastic. Hell yeah! With that. We've been talking about this a little bit, and I think we should definitely do it soon. We should do remake month soon. Hell yeah. Yes. Be- because I watched the remake of Child's Play, Ooh. and I- Miles hates that movie. I-, I thought it was pretty good. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot to talk about, especially Ugh. with the fact that you don't like it. Damn, dude. Okay. Honestly, I'm kind of in the middle on it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I couldn't finish it. I was so bored. I was like, this is so dumb, I can't handle it. Maybe if I finish it, I'll like it more. But Audrey Plaza is a terrible actress. And <laughs> then we have Mark Hamill going, I'm Chucky, would you like to play with me? Like, come on, Mark, you can do better than this. 
one of the most celebrated voice actors in history. That's what you got for me? Come on. <laughs> I thought it was pretty nuanced. <laughs> you thought so? Okay. Well, you know. But, but what do I know? I only finished the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm speaking out of school. I should shut my mouth. What about yeah, you, Chris? Chris, what do you got? Well, um, first off, I was just stoked to go and get to see a movie because we were talking before we started recording, and there's a ton of horror movies that are out that are all pretty decent right now. So I'm stoked. Like, we'll have some good movies upcoming. Like, I really want to see that movie smile. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I didn't really have a whole lot of time to watch anything um, this past week. I've barely been keeping up with Game of Thrones. But um, I do have song wrecks, so that's my spooky thing this week. Yeah, we're all going to list off some songs, so if you're having a Halloween party or you just want to be in the Halloween mood, here's some spooky songs to listen to 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 get you in the uh, Halloween funk. Dude, okay. So, my first wreck is, it's an entire EP, but specifically there's one song off of it that I absolutely love. It's the Devil Wears Prada zombie EP. And this shit is so heavy. And I just actually got to see the Devil Wears Prada on their Zombie 2 tour, which was like their longest set ever. And they played everything off of Zombie 1 and 2. And the first album is sick because it's like a concept album about being like just about the zombie apocalypse. And the last song in particular, um, Survivor, is freaking awesome. The chorus is like, um, I am one of the last few standing, a survivor on a small farm, living on the outskirts of a small city. And then it's like, like most who've made it this far, I live off of old canned goods and a healthy back stock of ammunition. It's so fucking heavy, and it's just like telling this insane story about this man who loses his wife to it to the zombies, and how he just like hears the moans of the dead like every night. It's fucking insane. <laughs> um, so definitely check that EP out. It goes hard as hell, and conceptually, it's very very cool. The second song, um, it, it's a uh, it's really more just like a YouTube video, like music video wreck to check out. That's pretty cool. Pretty much all of Bring Me the Horizons music videos from their older music are all like vampire themed. Um, yes, they are. Favorite band of all time, <laughs> Bring Me the Horizon. Yes. yes, dude. And so I've been revisiting, you know, Suicide Season, but the the music video I was going to recommend is It Never Ends. <laughs> Um, which is very cool. I, I like the music video. That song slaps as well. And so check that out. I have a story about that song. I didn't expect Please. you to say that. Okay. <laughs> so, hey. Hey. I used to have heart palpitations when I was younger. And I still do. But I realized it is from stress, which is pretty cool. So <laughs> I went to my doctor. <laughs> I was like, hey, doc, uh, I'm having heart palpitations. Shit's getting weird. He goes, here, take these pills. They slow down your heart rate. <laughs> 
you know what? That was not a good idea. <laughs> so I'm, I watched the like, premiere of that music video where he's like hanging and flying through the streets and shit. And I'm like kind of starting to hallucinate because I can hardly keep my eyes open because my heart slowed down so much. And it like made my brain like, ooh, that music video was fucking terrifying. It's not anymore <laughs> now that I'm not, now that I have blood in my brain, it's different. <laughs> but yeah, that's my story about that song. <laughs> also uh i think it's pray for plagues is really cool where they like he's like in the dark and they like outline him with like a colored marker as he's like screaming and stuff and yeah it's, fucking love it's, that shit it's very cool <laughs> um so yeah that's my that's my song rex um again i can't stress how hard the zombie ep goes though zombie one put it on your Spotify or Apple Music or whatever you use, get it locked in because that shit slaps. And it's been over 10 years and it's still slapping hard as hell. Hell yeah. Josh, what you got? <laughs> uh, my first song is a song called Every Day is Halloween by the band Ministry. fucking awesome i've never heard this no it's great i'm trying let me try to describe it um <laughs> uh, it's like 80s like gothic synth wave type of miles is, is that right <laughs> yeah with, i always have a hard time describing music <laughs> with just a teardrop of thrash just a little littlest baby in there because they're a thrash band predominantly but like overall yeah i would call it uh synth wave i guess yeah it's just fun they used to play it when i worked at the halloween store and i would just fucking rock out to it all the time it's a perfect halloween song um it's just about kind of like being an outcast like so normal people think that you're like in a costume but you're just being comfortable so every day is halloween to you because you're just being yourself um (laughs) That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, my second song is to promote Miles' show a little bit, the Disc Dump Podcast. We're doing the Nightmare on Elm Street series over there. And as we discussed in that episode, a really fun song to listen to is the Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff's Nightmare on Elm Street song, <laughs> Nightmare on My Street. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> he wears the same sweater every single day. And even if it's hot outside, he wears it anyway. He's home when I'm a true classic i freaking love that song i think you were the one who told me about that yeah i think i recommended it on the geek peak once <laughs> yes and i fell in love the first time i saw that which was recent <laughs> oh. unused unused in the nightmare on elm street series it was written <laughs> the whole beat is the Nightmare on Elm Street theme song, uh, mixed with like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air background music. <laughs> and yeah, they were just like, "No, we'll pass on this." <laughs> so he just has he has a music video with a like rip off like leather jacket wearing Freddy Krueger looking monster, but they're calling him Freddy, <laughs> and they're quoting things from the movies. It's fantastic. Go watch the video, listen to the song. I rap it in my head every day. 
Miles, what about you? What do you got? During this time period, I wrote down like 10 songs, so I'm going to save most of them for later episodes this month. Um, probably the most Halloween song. I never miss Halloween listening to this song. It's called Suspiria Snow White by the 69 Eyes. <laughs> Um, the singer sounds like Dracula when he sings. He's just like, oh, what it's like. And, uh, <laughs> he talks like the, the guy that lives in the closet in the IT crowd. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that show, but it's great. Um, he's always like, do you like Cradle of Filth? Anyway, um, so there, uh, have you ever heard of Sisters of Mercy? It's like these things like that guy from the eighties. I don't know. It's a, it's a fucking banger though. It's, it really gets you, your juices going and it, it drops in with a bang and it just rocks out the whole time. It's fantastic. And yeah, uh, this is sick. I'm listening to it for the first time right now. Oh, it's so solid. His voice That's... is hilarious. Also, <laughs> <laughs> every song is a Halloween song. They're called the 69 eyes. It's fantastic. Um, <laughs> And my second song is a hardcore rap song. It's by the band H O nine nine O nine, which is horror. And uh, uh, yeah, it's called Neighborhood Watch. <laughs> I'm young and reckless, bitch, I ain't got no mercy. Who the fuck was you back when the block was starving and thirsty? All metal front. And uh, it's fucking intense. It, the way that I imagine it is just like the music videos, everyone in this really low ceiling basement, and it's just like wall to wall people. And it's really intense, hardcore. It's almost like rock meets rap, but there isn't really much by rock. They're just like. I don't know. It's a good song. I'm not going to sing it because you're probably hearing it right now. So, yep. The Neighborhood Watch by HO9909. I'm still jamming to What is life? (laughs) (laughs) To sleep alone in the night. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's a good song. I fucking love that song. Anyway, both of those songs I listen to all the fucking time, Halloween or not. So, yep. Check those out. There's your Halloween playlist for this year. It's uh, only going to build with each episode. We're going to recommend two songs. So get your get your iPods ready. Get your Microsoft mm. Zunes downloading. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. We should also say that the October is, is prequels and sequels month. All our movies will be prequels or sequels. Because the only thing better than a sequel is a prequel <laughs> or a threequel. Usually belated. Almost every time. <laughs> <laughs> but this one's not this one's pretty prompt they made it at the same time as x right yes i guess so they had to have i mean it came out i feel Six like it hasn't even later. been yeah yeah it hasn't even been like a year I'll, yeah no it's only been like seven months <laughs> but i do think that they probably saved a lot of money because they got the lead actress to do both and now all three because they're coming out with a sequel to this or a true sequel to the original, I should say. I think they were under budget on X, so he used the rest of the money to make this movie. Because it's the same location. Because they don't yeah. really go anywhere, and there's only like four people in this entire movie. <laughs> Dude. 
it's amazing what they can do with a limited cast. Like, they make all of the characters develop. All of them. Every character in this movie develops, which is really unique for a horror movie. Most horror movies have zero character development, but all of the characters in this grow and change to some degree. So we'll we'll get into it, and as it goes on, we'll talk about it. So this is the, again, the uh, prequel to X, which came out this year. Um, Still starring Mia Goth and directed by Ty West. Um, I had never seen any of this guy's other stuff. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Your next is fucking solid. I think maybe I saw your next. Oh, is that the one where they break into someone's house and it turns out they're a serial killer? No, that one is like people are gathering to get the inheritance of their patriarch and they're all in there. And then all of a sudden people in animal masks start, start shooting crossbows and shit through the windows (laughs) and taking people out. And uh, it's, it, oh my god, I love that movie. It's so good. Well, this film, uh, so he did, he, he's done a couple movies. I actually have seen The Sacrament, which I thought it was, I thought that was Eli Roth. But um, that, I thought that movie was good. And besides that, I haven't seen any of his other work. So I'll have to check that out, Miles. Um, now, let's get into this, Pearl. So... Before we start, it just needs to be said that Mia Goth acts her ass off in this movie. She Fuck, is yes, she so does. fucking good. <laughs> like, quickly becoming one of my favorite actresses in Hollywood. Have you ever heard her speak in her normal voice? No. No. It is, like, upsetting. <laughs> like, it's very... It, like, fits her look and personality completely to where, like, it's like, this seems like a horror character. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so also she's married to Shia LaBeouf, which is terrifying. <laughs> oh, that's and, its own horror movie in itself. Jesus wait, Christ, yeah. she is. Yeah, she had his baby. Oh my God! Wow. Okay, this is eye-opening <laughs> to me. <laughs> <Terrifying>. <laughs> We've learned so much in so little time. <laughs> um, okay, so the movie starts off. We've got Pearl, who is the old woman character in x so this is in 1918 um and also the young character in x yes she plays every main character in all of these movies (laughs) it's crazy i can only imagine what maxine's gonna be about cocaine oh for sure lots of drugs but i'm just like is she gonna just snap like i don't know anyways tangential uh, so Pearl and her family are all like German immigrants that are living in Texas during their during World War One, and Pearl's husband's gone, what, at, like in World War One, and she's like taking care of her dad and mom. Um, first off, her poor poor mother, like yeah. Pearl has got some serious fucking issues, and her mother's like, you literally are never leaving this farm again. like you will murder the shit out of everyone uh but i missed the opening scene i came in just as it was like pearl on the screen oh it's just her like dancing in the barn okay yeah like the movie starts out and i honestly felt like it 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 felt like it's like snow white or wizard of oz they had animals dancing she was singing to birds and stuff 
She's singing to like cows and everything in the barn, but none, no, none of them are dancing. Or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just like right away, it just establishes that she's just like this good old fashioned apple pie American girl living on a farm. And then and she feeds a gator. Yeah. And then we start to see that Pearl is so fucking deranged. <laughs> she murders a goose while she's singing in the very beginning with a fucking pitchfork. She's like, why are you looking at me like that, Mr. Goose? <laughs> and she, the goose, she's singing to all the animals, and then he like stands in the doorway, Miles. This is before it says Pearl. And she walks up to him like super menacingly and says that exact, I'm pretty sure it was that exact line. And then the next thing you see is she's got the fucking goose on the pitchfork that she goes and feeds the gator. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This this one's fucked up. <laughs> Dude, it's so bad. Um, I do want to say this movie's a lot less horny than X. X was like the horniest movie ever made, and this movie is not nearly as horny. That's very true. But they did work in the whole pornography th- angle into it still. Which that scarecrow scene didn't get y'all hot? Dude. I mean, I was sweating, but I don't know for what reason. Yeah, Mia Goth fucking playing with my emotions. <laughs> Am I the only one that was waiting for that scarecrow to come to life? <laughs> oh, dude, that was the weirdest looking scarecrow I've ever seen. <laughs> His face looked like a man. <laughs> I, de- I definitely thought she was going to cut someone up and put them in the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. But no, she pretends that she's having sex with the projectionist at the movie house that she always goes to whenever she goes into town to get medicine for her father she always goes and catches the pictures and i i did think it was fascinating that she had this just like absolute fixation on being a dancer and like needing to get away from home x made it seem like she was like a fine ballet dancer in her days and she's <laughs> we'll get there with the, <laughs> the dance i fell out of my fucking chair anyway <laughs> so but you said her poor mother because dad is like he got fucked up by polio i guess that's what it is there's a lot of uh parallels to the global pandemic we currently are experiencing it made it easy for them to to do scenes because they were filming during the pandemic and like did you notice all the scenes where there was more than one actor if they weren't like a mainstay of the movie which they'd been vaccinated and were testing them then they just everyone had masks on like when they went to the theater Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it wasn't polio. What was it? it was a uh... Spanish flu, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, whatever the <laughs> whatever the pandemic that was happening a hundred years ago was. It mm-hmm. fucking rocked Dad though. Dad's like nobody. He's just a vegetable for the most part. Yeah, Poor I man. did not enjoy those scenes of him having to be fed and all. It's like all that stuff is very disturbing to me. It always makes me unsettled. Yeah. Did you guys? Uh, well, I guess Josh wouldn't, but. Chris, did you recognize the voice of the mom? I'm pretty sure she's like some of the random people in Skyrim. Wait, really? I think so. I, I'm talking out of school because I don't know for sure. <laughs> but let me, let me do a little goog real quick. You guys keep talking. I'm pretty sure T- that's Tandy, it. Tandy, right? Is that her name? I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, so um, we we kind of like see her life around the farm early on. And then you see her... 
like physically abusing her dad, like pinching him and shit. And he's like paralyzed or he has like no use of his limbs. So he's just sitting there in pain and like, you just keep seeing like, she does so much shit to him and he is always just like looking straight at her and I'll, I'll jump ahead briefly for a second. The look on his face after she murders her mother and he's just sitting there like shaking and crying basically. Yeah. Dude. Well, yeah, she tries to she starts like choking the shit out of him just to see if he like has a, is still in there at all and he's just like what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Cuz I was kind of wondering like early on in the film I was thinking to myself like how are they going to establish her as a killer when there's only two characters really in this movie besides animals? And it was like the perfect plot device because she just abused him and kept him alive. Which, like, was it showed, like, they didn't have to murder the cast, is what I'm saying. Um, so I thought that was really, really smart, actually. And the mother is a very prim and proper German woman who is, like, I love the character depth that, like, when you think about it, like, obviously using the pandemic was smart as, like, a plot device. But then, like, the war as well and how her mother, like, was the caretaker of her father because he had gotten sick and her daughter is a murderous psychopath and her country is getting absolutely rocked in world war one. Like I thought that there was just like a lot of depth to her, to her mother's character, which was cool. And she like came off as really stern and harsh, but like in reality, she was like a good woman and got absolutely fucked for it. And she does not star in Skyrim. I'm sorry, I, I lied. She just sounds exactly <laughs> like characters in Skyrim. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know. Let's let's keep it free flowing. Favorite parts that you guys liked? I really liked the projectionist guy. I, I at first I didn't think I'd like him, but I thought he was a really good actor. And I didn't look him up, but he looks familiar. He looks like Henry Cavill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he kind of looks like Henry Cavill. <laughs> I loved that dude. I was like, this guy is a fucking G. I, uh, yeah, I thought he was pretty solid. Like, his character also develops. He's like, I'm what you would call a bohemian. <laughs> so. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting because he was in the movies that, like, it was it was a little weird that he had been so traveled. It's like, yes, I've been to Europe, and look at all this this weird porno that I snuck into the country and all this, and I work... It's like, homeboy, you work at a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. He's a projectionist. He gets but the I line. But I thought that though. was the, oh, that was cool. They like tied it into to X to be like so when she sees them fucking and making the porn in X, this is why she gets like triggered to be like this was supposed to be my life. I was supposed to be in the movies. I'm gonna kill all these little bastards. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the line though. I watched uh, X right after I watched this. I literally paid to watch it again because it was worth it and it was such a rewarding experience. He, uh, I didn't realize X stood for like the X factor, like the thing that makes women it. And he gets to be like, Hey, you got that X factor. So he has like one of the most important lines in the movie. So critical character. Absolutely. And he's the the first guy to get it. Dude. I was absolutely gnarly. Like just the, like the theme in this film is every time someone tries to leave, Mia Goth just gets more and more and more intense. And, like, she does it to the projectionist. She does it to Mitzi, her sister-in-law. 
And I love Mitzi. Dude, I know. Mitzi could have got it. <laughs> dude. Mitzi, you're looking good, girl. Dude, can you believe, like, when everything was said and done, I honestly, for a bit, was like, I don't even think she got it. Like, what, I think I think uh, Pearl's just insane right now. And then it's like, oh, no, she did get it. And Pearl's just like a human lie detector, basically. Like, she can immediately tell when you get scared and when you lie and when you've, like, seen through her veil of, like, covering as a normal human being and not a murderous psycho. It's crazy, though, because, like, people who have severe mental illness like that often can't read emotions, but she, like, picks up on it right away. She's like, why'd you go cold on me? Like, she's, she's very in tune with what people are thinking and feeling, which makes her uniquely terrifying. Um, before we go too much further, though, can we talk about how the first two of the three acts of this movie are mostly very boring? Like, the buildup is slow in this movie. Not a yeah, psycho Because the cast is so small, th- yeah, there's a lot less happening, and it's a lot harder to build suspense at all. Because there isn't any, like, looming points where you think she's going to kill her parents, but she doesn't. Like, eventually she just snaps and kill- starts killing people. Yeah. I mean, I... So, I'll say this, and not everyone is like this, Smiles, but... I, I personally like the slow burn build up and then like a really, really good third act. Like I think hereditary kind of does that, although mm-hmm. it does it a little better. Um, but I actually really, really liked like the story that they set out because it was just like, you just got to see how much worse she started becoming. Like it was just, you got like little snippets early on. And then eventually when you finally see her in full force, she's murdering everyone. She kills so many people in such a quick period of time. It's like all in the same day. Yeah. She kills her mom. That fight scene was pretty crazy where they like start slapping each other and <laughs> like wrestle over to the fire and the mom gets burned alive. That shit yeah. was so intense. Yes. I don't think there's been a more escalated fight over such a, stupid topic <laughs> like i want to go try out for a local church's dance choir <laughs> and her mom's like you're never leaving this town <laughs> like you're nothing <laughs> and then she gets set on fire <laughs> she's dude that was such a crazy argument she's like you think you're better than me <laughs> it's like oh my god <laughs> there's yeah. definitely tension that builds between them for the first two acts until that happens like the, the mom absolutely resents that Pearl has a life. She has her future ahead of her. And mom is just like, sometimes life fucking blows and it sucks. And your life needs to suck because my life sucks. And she's like, I didn't want to. I wanted to be this man's wife. I didn't want to be his mother. And like that shit is chilling. Like such a solid actress. She was so yes. good. She's from New Zealand. But that that accent was like. Totally perfect. believable. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, she just, you really feel her struggle as a character of wanting to be somebody. She wanted that X Factor. I don't know if she wanted to be famous, but she wanted a life that was easy and cut out for her. And the fact her life is so hard. Man, I don't blame her for resenting Pearl. I feel like I can totally relate to that. So, like, and oh, her yeah. escalation is like, chilling very solid character the fact that she has a child that she knows is a sociopath like she knows for sure and she has like homicidal tendencies 
She knows. She tried to feed her husband to a goddamn alligator. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. The gator coming back. I loved that. I thought that was great. That's how she got in. Dude, when the fucking projectionist crashed, she like parks his car in the lake and the alligator's just swimming up on you or on him. It was that thing is horrifying. I hope they bring it back in Maxi. Somehow. Gator makes it to Hollywood. Hollywood. (laughs) It's not even the same location they're filming, but yeah, I want that gator in it. The gator driving a a convertible Cadillac. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a different relation. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, well, it's a different car. Like, when you watch X, it's a VW Bug that's, like, sinking into the swamp. So, it's this is the first time, but not the last time that she's like, we got to get rid of this fucking car. We keep talking about Maxine, for anyone out there that doesn't know. They, when this movie came out, just like when, Pearl, when uh, X came out, they announced that they're doing a sequel to this movie called Maxine about the Maya Goth character from X in the 80s. But I kind of would have liked a movie set in between Pearl and X, where her and her husband are like Texas Chainsaw Massacre family killing people and shit. That would have we'll been sick. It. I think, think we'll so. I mean, the DVD. These are these are pretty <laughs> successful, and I imagine they were not that expensive to film. And they've got both both films now have received like a positive reception, which yeah. Everyone I, mean, I know who's I seen this movie has loved it. I'd also I'd be very interested to see what Ty West does with something set in like the forties or the fifties because just like with X, how he made a modern movie feel still feel like it was filmed in the seventies, he does that with this where it feels like it's like the birth of cinema. Dude. With like the all the music and the and just the way it's shot in like the cornfields and shit like that. All the way down to the end credit cards, which are like the old timey oh, like so physical media cards. Yeah, can we talk about that scene for a second? I know we're kind of jumping around, but holy shit. The when closing the, of it? Yes. And she's just <laughs> smiling. She's like, Hello, Howard or whatever the fuck she said. <laughs> and then the yeah, credits start rolling over her still active face, but she's like trying to hold still like she's like it's a freeze frame and she's crying and she's she's not blinking and she's just painfully smiling oh my Dude, god it was so disturbing i sat through the whole one because i knew there was an after credit scene but i would have sat there through that whole thing because it was just so fucking it was just it was the end of the actual movie it went on forever i know it went through the entirety of the credits like she <laughs> like oh my god and we were the only ones in the theater at the time, and the guy who comes to clean the theater was just standing there staring at us while we were staring at that. <laughs> it was like we're not leaving. This is, but it's also really awkward for us that we're seeing this. But it's awkward for you that we're awkward watching this. It was this weird circle we had with a stranger. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, we'll talk about the monologue later. But oh. this. Mia Goth's fucking got it, and I would did not feel that way at the end of X. At the end of X, I was like, she was an okay final girl, but this is this really established like, oh, Ty, you did a great job casting on this one. Yeah, I mean, she, I, I definitely made her role in X more impressive when I realized she was also playing Pearl, mm-hmm. like old Dan Young. Um, but yeah, she, I mean. Seriously, the last performance that made me think like this was either Florence Pugh in Midsummer 
or um, Tony Collette in Hereditary. Like it was like that level of acting. I was like, holy shit, dude, this is insane. <laughs> I was like, why have I not heard more about this movie? Yeah, she. So, like, the general plot is that Pearl goes to town, sees cinema, brings medicine home for dad. Mom's pissed off about it, and uh, she's helping to care for dad. And she's like, you know what? Dad's what's holding me back. Let me feed him to a gator. And mom's like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no, no. And then <laughs> yeah. they fight. She catches on fire, and she's just desperately trying to like hold up this illusion that she's still a farm girl and not a serial killer for a while, even though it's only like two days in the time. It, like every moment of this you're kind of like sweating like here comes another kill soon she snuggles with dead mom for a while that was weird yeah, yeah. she throws mom down the stairs into the basement where she's all like Ugh. charred up and shit and she keeps trying to crawl through the different exits to like escape like, eventually you see her on the stairs she kicks her back down the stairs and then the next time you see her she's on like the stairs going to like the manhole cover <laughs> yeah she's oh. and uh, she eventually strangles dad to death which was I don't know. Dad was terrified of her. <laughs> like dad so has... scared. He should have been. He watched. He watched his daughter wrestle his wife and then set her on fire. <laughs> I I've known somebody who was basically paralyzed for a really long time for the end of their life, and it's it's such a hard, hard thing to participate in. It really takes a toll on you, even if you're not there for the day to day. Every time you see somebody that's like that, it is just sucks the life right out of you. And like I can understand to a degree being like if this wasn't happening life would be normal and if especially if you're trying to get out of your situation she was feeling desperate she's a sociopath so that's the immediate conclusion you draw is like oh well out you go and the fact that he outlived mom was surprising to me yeah uh well she also kind of viewed him in a way as a confidant because he didn't have any any way to like tell the mother or anyone for that matter and so like you know throughout the movie she's always like talking to him about her life and he's like in a way her best friend but only because it's one-sided i was so scared she was gonna try and fuck dad i was so i know she kept doing (laughs) shit like that i was like ugh. No yeah, more. She took a bath in front of him. And she- no more Game of Thrones. The Targaryens <laughs> are full, dude. Yeah. That well, it is rough. weird too because their their relationship, her and her parents' relationship, is weird with the fact that she is an adult and married, yet they treat her like a child. Yeah, it's that weird thing about that period of time is the men are expected to be men at sixteen, but the women are expected to be children until they move out of the house. They're like completely dependent on her ability to help keep up with the farm because mom is taking care of dad. Yeah, I definitely found it very, very interesting to uh, see that dynamic. And also the fact that like she brought the mother brought up that they were persecuted again or they, you know, she assumed they would be persecuted against because of the war against Germany. And so but like. Like you said earlier, Miles, her accent was spot on. So, like, I don't know what her mom was worried about. <laughs> like, you can't have a more American accent, dude. Yeah. But. And, like, the so the sister-in-law, she's an important character. She shows up with a suckling pig that they cooked for them. And she the mom is too scared to bring it in in case it's got Spanish flu or whatever on it. So this poor pig just stays outside and rots. 
and it's like juxtaposition to the inner monologue of like pearl is like i gotta get out of this place and she feels like she's rotting as she stays there and it's just really effective filmmaking the whole way through this movie dude yeah i love the i mean the story is just so well written and the character development like you said earlier like they all develop and it's all pretty satisfying in my opinion like i like you said josh i loved the projectionist i thought he was a great character and like you immediately start liking him and then you're like oh no he's definitely getting fucking murdered (laughs) for sure (laughs) like oh you like this character well he's dying for sure confirmed yeah when pearl had gone to the movie theater she met the projectionist somehow and then eventually she sneaks out of the house and and has an affair with him and uh he like shows her porn like we said (laughs) And he's like, you could be in these type of movies. <laughs> so she goes and fucks a fucking scarecrow. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, later later she sneaks out and, and fucks that guy because he says that she should follow her dreams and she can she could totally win the church dance competition or whatever <laughs> the fuck they want to call it. Dance troupe. And... Uh, <laughs> So he brings her home the next day, and this is when Pearl loses her fucking mind because she had just killed her parents. But she was acting like everything was normal until they get home, and then she's like, oh, yeah, my parents are dead inside. Dad's also, just sitting there like, oh, my God, <laughs> the whole time. At, at this point, also, they had insinuated that Howard might be coming back, like, walking down the road because she drove past a soldier. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that whole time when the projectionist is there, I was thinking, oh, shit, Howard's going to come. And then it's going to be, like, a big blow up. But, no, she just murders the fuck out of that dude. Yeah, he's, like, trying to drive away with pitchfork wounds. There was no way he was getting out of that shit. But at the same time, you're like, please, just drive. Drive, man. Yeah, I think that was, like, the best scene where she's, like, showing him the barn and he's already a little freaked out because of... Like, the house is trashed, and the dad's, you know, scary looking. Yeah. And, he uh... He catches her she, and lies. She's like, it's the dog, I swear. Yeah, mom's, like, banging around in the basement, and she's like, oh, it's just the dog. And then she's showing him the farm animals, and he's like, what about your dog? What's your dog's name? And she's like, we don't have a dog. And he's like, uh-huh. Ugh. Okay. So then he's like, I'm gonna bounce. <laughs> Dude. And when she freaks out, I was like, holy shit, like, that's some of the best acting in the movie. Dude. She just starts screaming at him, like, why are you leaving? So, What'd you see? Why, why so don't you want to be with me? scary, dude. That's genuinely <laughs> he, so deeply disturbing. And having dealt with someone who has, like, I've had a situation where someone has gone off to me to that degree, where they were, like, unstable that was so fucking scary and so accurate like and his reaction is accurate and perfect yeah because she like screams enough questions at him of like why is he doing it i thought we were going to europe i thought you wanted to be with me what's what's happening and he's just like kind of like taken aback and he's like you you're scaring me (laughs) (laughs) yeah the honesty that comes forth in that and she can't handle honesty at any point in this movie anytime someone reveals their honesty to her she's just like fuck you (laughs) it's it's, yeah very very by you think she's bipolar i feel like that might be the most accurate diagnosis for her is like the highs and the lows like when she's happy she's so happy but then when she's she's scary scary mad 
She's, I mean, I don't even know. Uh, I definitely, she's definitely a psychopath. Yeah. Like she is genuinely psychotic. Um, although it, well, I think she's, she's also like a person of the time. Like her life is so simple that she has her, her hopes and dreams are so like grandiose that when anything is put forth to her that it's like, you can either have this amazing life or you can have this very plain, boring life that you have anything out of her fantasy world is like an affront to her existence (laughs) (laughs) and the sad like the tragedy of this series is that she doesn't leave the farm she stays there for her whole life because she's murdering people she locks herself into that existence but like oh you almost feel bad for her that she doesn't even she goes to reach for her dreams with the funniest goddamn dance I've ever seen. Dude. Very of the times. She's doing this, like, uh, like cigarette girl type of, like, Broadway shit. Like, kicking her legs and spinning around. And they're just like, nope. Get out. <laughs> they're like, we want a blonde. She does this whole routine. And you see it, like, the her fantasy version of it. Where it's got, like, a World War One background. And... She has like assistant dancers and come out and there's soldiers and shit and like she's on the big stage and then it just cuts back to normal and they're like, nope, sorry. <laughs> that was genuinely like, hilarious in the theater. I was fucking cracking up. No one else was laughing, but I was like, how did no one think that was funny? <laughs> and her utter shock when they're like, no. She's like, what do you mean? No. <laughs> Dude. Even, I'm a star. Even just waiting in line with Mitzi outside, and she is just like locked in. You're like, oh my god, you're scary as hell. She I brought a suitcase because she's like, I'm gonna win, and then I'm gonna go on to do this. So we're leaving immediately. And her breakdown when she gets told that she is like so dramatic. I can't imagine being that torn up about anything, let alone like her dream was just. St- Stomped into the dirt because Legit she's not blind. Wailing, wailing. Like, like I, yeah, that is we want most... someone. That's we want someone younger and blonde. Poor Mitzi. Dude. <laughs> Feels the wrath of that. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, she wouldn't fucking leave. That was that was a crazy ass scene. Yeah, she gets dragged off the stage because she's seen the judges as all the people that she's murdered. Yeah, like her mom is one of the judges, all burnt up and crispy. <laughs> Dude. Then then we get to the climax of this movie where Mitzi takes her back to her house and is like, why don't you pretend I'm Howard? Go ahead. How, and- how did she take her home? I assume driving, but there's no car later. No, because she can't get into a car to drive away, so they just go together, I guess. They walk. They just walk. Yeah, that's a, that's a long... It took her like 45 minutes on a bicycle. <laughs> that's true. But yeah. they, she just is like, treat me like i'm howard and she's like i can't and she goes no treat me like i'm howard like get into character here and boy does she with the best monologue i've ever seen in any movie ever dude that one scene alone her acting could have been shit the rest of the movie and that would have carried it for me that was like you said miles i think that might be one of the best monologues i've literally ever seen incredible it's it's like a three and a half minute one shot. Like the camera does not cut the whole time. I'm waiting for it to cut back to Mitzi to get her reaction, and it just doesn't. Dude. And Pearl goes on this roller coaster of like 
I use I like it. I am upset because my husband's at war, and I I feel bad even though I shouldn't because like well, you chose to just leave me. But then it spirals into her being like, I started killing small animals, and now I kill people. Dude. <laughs> oh, my and, God. But then it, it also goes eventually goes into her like settling and realizing, like, no, I can live on this farm forever. I just want Howard to love me, and we'll be happy. Like, he just needs to come home safe, and then everything will be fine, even though I fucked another man. <laughs> and then... It finally cuts to Mitzi, and she's just like, "I gotta get the fuck out of here." Yeah, dude. <laughs> she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna get going now." And she's like, "Tell me you got the part. I know you got the part. It's okay. As dude, long as it wasn't me." Do you think me, she okay, really got the part? Yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think Mitzi actually got the part. Well, that's I what think I was she, thinking she at just, first. Like, made her say yes. I was thinking that at first, but no, I I think Mitzi did get it. Me too. Because Mitzi knew that if she fucking kept lying, she was going to freak the fuck out. Yeah, because she's very in tune with what's going on with her emotionally. And she sees that Mitzi's terrified. And she's like, nah, come on. Come on. Admit it. Admit it, bitch. Admit it. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, she does. And that was a mistake. Dude. (laughs) So we get this. This scene is so beautifully shot. It's, Poor Mitzi. <laughs> it's such a classic horror movie shot. And it's just, it literally takes me back to like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, for example, of just him fucking charging. Like it was just so, so good. And it, it felt like a product of that time too, the way like the angles and everything. Like almost, almost like an, like Hitchcock-esque. She Poor fucking Mitzi kills did her not deserve axe. this. <laughs> oh. Some of the best practical effects i've ever seen ever amazing how they recreated her and decapitated her and chopped her arms off and it looked so real it was gnarly like this movie is pretty lacking on the gore and stuff up to this point which i was not upset about but like when she chops her head off oh my god that shit was horrifying yeah even she feeds her to the alligator (laughs) dude even the burns and stuff from the from the mother, those looked great too. And the decomposition shots of the both their dead bodies, and like the in the in the kitchen, yeah, like all of the practical effects work in this movie was fantastic. It's it's honestly such a testament to the director on what he was able to make with such a small cast, such a small budget. I actually don't know what the budget is. I'm kind of talking out of turn here. Okay, he even ed- he edited this movie all by himself. A million dollar budget. A million dollars, and I bet you dollars. half of that went to the body at the end. <laughs> <laughs> it was it made seven point seven million though, so very good return on investment. This is one of those times where it's like, okay, cinema, DVD sales are low, so you're not making your money back that way. So making small movies like this is a real gamble, and they really have to believe in the project to be like, okay, we'll make a million-dollar movie. Because normally they want, they'll make a hundred-million-dollar movie or a billion-dollar movie, and then all of a sudden they make ten billion back. So that's what's keeping them afloat, since DVD sales aren't a thing anymore. But, like, it really is well, a... Go, go ahead. It's rare. You get a lot of $1 million movies, but it's rare that they're in theaters and they're this high of quality. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a very well-done movie for a million dollars, but I think 
the additional budget to get all the extra stuff they needed was a million because they already had certain things they already had the set like they were just using things they already had so that if you factor that stuff in the budget is technically more but yeah you don't you usually this movie would cost like 10 million dollars and you don't get a lot of 10 to 20 million dollar movies because then they only want to making 15 to 25 and they don't really give a shit about making 25 percent return on their investment you know yeah mm. so the first one i'm looking at the box office numbers so both of them were budgeted at one million dollars per movie and the first movie made 14.5 million so yeah that like this movie is just making them so much freaking money and we've got ty west on the fucking scene like this dude i can't wait to see the next movie i cannot wait for maxine yeah for real and like the closing of it where she just holds that smile is so off-putting and so uncomfortable because she's even trying not to blink so her eyes are watering and shit and she just is she proves her acting prowess in this and it is something like i was not wild about her in x but she was incredible in this movie Dude, I think it's time to start seriously talking about Ty West as one of the great horror movie directors of our generation. If he fucking sticks the landing with Maxine, like the dude is a straight certified G. Like I'd I'd <laughs> hold him in regards with like Jordan Peele and Ari Aster and Robert Eggers, like as these like fucking legends right now for modern horror. And yeah, Robert, Robert Eggers making a Nosferatu remake. Dude, mm-hmm. Bill Skarsgård, give me my part back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I just wanted to say that I was having that discussion with uh, Trent, and we both like he hasn't seen it yet, but I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it's absolutely incredible, and the fact that it's a continuation, a, like a prequel, is crazy because I feel like. Now, this month we're doing good prequels, but I feel like prequels can be very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, all hell breaks loose. To kind of summarize this film, all hell breaks loose after the Mitzi scene when she murders her. And then we get uh, Howard coming home eventually. And that's what he sees is... I can't even remember. She got rid of all the bodies first, right? She like propped no, she like propped her mom and dad's dead bodies up at the dinner table. That's <laughs> right. And like set the dinner with the decaying pig and shit and he walks in and is just like Pearl and then sees us and is like, Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> And we're missing that chunk, that extremely important chunk where between this movie and X, where it's like, You killed my fucking sister. And I'm still yeah. in love with you. And your own parents. And your own parents. I'm sad they didn't reuse the actor from this one to be... <laughs> and the guy man. you cheated on me with. <laughs> and, well, I'm sure he's not upset about that. But that goose. <laughs> <laughs> I love that goose. So could you? That was my favorite goose. It was named Howard. <laughs> it was so fucked out, too. Your mom's like, yeah, we can't afford to feed. Like, we can barely afford to feed ourselves. And, like, our animals keep disappearing. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> the fucking Pearl's like, oh, really? Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I, I definitely think Maxine will be great, especially with it being set in the 80s. Like, I can't imagine that being bad. I think it'll bring back some of the sexiness that this movie was missing, because I like the sexiness of X. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I definitely... Did, did you... 
Chris, because I, I know me and Miles have talked about this. Did you prefer X over this still? <sighs> I mean, they're very, very different movies. This was like a lot more of a like look into the life of a serial killer like as they snap, basically. It was like a character study about Pearl, whereas X kind of was that a little bit about um, was the lead lead character's name Maxine? I think it was. Yeah. 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 Um, like that kind of happened with like it was kind of a character study but there was a bigger cast so it was like focusing on different you know differing stories and like you kind of got to like hear from every person a little bit and they were all introduced at once so like it's kind of I don't know I guess I'm talking around it I don't really know um, I really really liked this movie and X I loved because it was like a fun sexy romp but in terms of like I just think this fucking absolutely killed like the the elevated horror kind of character psychosis that we got to see in this. It's just absolutely incredible. So I think honestly I like Pearl better. Really? Yes. I dude, I was blown away. I really was. I could not believe how good it was. <laughs> I I uh yeah, I had a little fun time before I went to the movie, and I got in there, and I was like, dude, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> it's like, oh, my God, this is insane. And I just kept thinking to myself, like, Mia Goth is an absolute, like, talent. She's so good. And I'm glad you thought the same, because I, I would love to see her in more things, period. Not even just horror, just film in general. She's fantastic. She's definitely going to be one of the great actresses like Jamie Lee Curtis was where she branches out into multiple genres if she plays her cards right, which I think she will. And I don't know. These two movies are such incredible companion pieces. I didn't realize it until I watched them the same day and how like the theme is the same. I want to be a star, but the the mode of which this happens like Pearl was a grown woman in 1930. And then she makes it up to the 70s before, like, there the point where her horniness amps up is what's missing. So we need to have <laughs> one in between there because that's her primary motivator in X is that she wants to kill people because she's so horny and no one wants to fuck her. And I don't know it, it. The every bit of it really works. The character development in both of these movies is amazing. The acting. There's no bad actors in either of these movies. No. Not even Kid Cudi. Go figure. Yeah, Kid Cudi was great. <laughs> Kid Cudi was fucking awesome. He was one of my... I think he might have been my favorite character. In X, my favorite character is the guy who is like the producer of the porn. That guy's an amazing actor. <laughs> the cowboy dude. <laughs> the cowboy dude. And he's totally believable and just like such a solid... I don't know. He like he can turn it on and turn it off. Like it's, yeah. oh, it's really well made. And that's the same with Pearl. She can turn it on and turn it off. And well, she doesn't have much control over that, but still just every bit of it, they have to make a point to be like, you got that X factor. You're different. And I think that's, that's really where these movies strive. And I didn't realize that's why it was called X. The first one. Cause it's all about that X factor. So tying them together like that. Amazing. Really well made films. Miles, I have yeah. great news for you. Yeah? They released The Farmer's Daughters from the film. It's a chronological compilation on X at the home video. Say like it. home media. Say the so, words. The boob report. 
the boob report <laughs> this movie was definitely missing britney snow's sweet sweet tatas yes it was <laughs> takes points away from it x is far superior <laughs> <laughs> in that way absolutely yes <laughs> so i yeah i don't know i mean I did absolutely love the 70s theme of X, but this one was cool because I feel like we don't get that many horror movies set during this time. Not at all. And, like, this one was so well made, and the characters were so strong that it was, like, honestly delightful to have a movie that was shot the way that it was and for, like, the subject matter as such a, like, stark juxtaposition. Like, you know, that was, like, the golden era of TV and film and shit. Like back when they I guess it was still like silent in 1918 but um I just I thought that was so interesting just from a like cinematography standpoint I can't say like to just say over and over this movie was well made still doesn't do it justice every yeah. moment of this movie matters that's very slow at the beginning but it there's a reason because it's she's building and building and building in her craziness, and it, it the fucking heights of the movie are okay. There is really solid gore, and then there's really solid acting. So what more could you want from a movie? So I ask you boys, what's our rating system for this one? Scarecrow mm. orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> Scarecrow orgasms. I I do have to say, I forgot to mention this, but you know the scene where she like originally goes out in the cornfield and like something flies past her head? Like, uh, I I want to remember this. I want to say it's before the scarecrow scene, but she's out. She walks out into a cornfield and she like hears something and a bird like flies right by her. Yeah. I fucking jumped out of my skin. <laughs> I don't know why that part scared me so much, but I made like a scene and I went and saw it by myself and there were people sitting behind me and I know they were cracking up because I literally <laughs> got air out of my chair because I, I don't know why, but I was not expecting a fucking jump scare there. So yeah, I got destroyed. I, I was like, wow, I look like such a rookie, right? Now. <laughs> uh, uh Silly Scarecrow line dances. <laughs> I, yeah. I like Scarecrow orgasms. That one's pretty good. Silly line dances was kind of the height of the movie for me. Josh, contender. Uh. Nah, I got nothing. Uh, I'm good with Scarecrow orgasms. <laughs> Harsh German mothers. Harsh German mothers. <laughs> Paraplegic horny dads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How many scarecrow orgasms, guys? I'm giving this one a five out of five. Let's conjure Kakoa Shaw. I'm happily giving this a five out of five. Yeah, I'll give it five out of five. It was so well made. Let's go. Especially for a million bucks. Jesus. Dude. Yeah. I can't believe it. And I'm so happy that we got to do this one sooner. Like, we like, you know, sometimes on the show we take a gamble on new horror movies. Like, we were going to do fucking, what was it, Goat? we were gonna do that yeah. but i saw it and i was like you guys probably don't want to see this a24 <laughs> makes some interesting shit dude they do they do they'll produce anything <laughs> i will. can't wait for us to talk about hellraiser we have to talk about hellraiser it wasn't on our original docket but we can't miss it it's gonna oh, be well, so dad. good that's, that's a remake mm-hmm 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, I guess we'll do a remake. Why don't we just do a remake month next month? We don't got nothing planned. Okay. I'm always about that life. Kakawa. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, Kakawa Shaw rides again, boys. Kakawa. This movie was really fun to discuss too because it's so like based on one person that it's really all about her acting. Like the the story there is really just to bring out like the best in Mia Goth's acting, in my opinion. Like the story's great, but it kind of seems like this movie was just designed for the lead actress to just fucking kill it. Yeah. So I'm happy Did they we make got this her. one first? I feel like they might have made this one first to like really establish that Mia Goth was incredible before they were like, okay, but yeah, this one's the one that's gonna make money. We got Britney Snow's Tatas. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be interested to know that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't tell. They're filmed back to back. It says. Weird eyebrows or not, Mia Goth's got it. She's she's got it. <laughs> Dude, Shia LaBeouf thinks so. Apparently. Yeah, yeah he's getting it. Absolute cannibal, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> 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 yep. So anyway, uh, speaking of things you should have, the X factor of our merch. H1Hpod.threadless.com. Get yourself a shirt. Get yourself a boob oh, yeah. report shirt. I'm going to prioritize that shit after this recording. <laughs> the boob report. <laughs> Socials? Hell yeah. Yeah, catch us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at H on H pod. And uh, come back the rest of the month. Like we said, it's prequels and sequels month. We're going to be doing uh, the prequel to our highest downloaded episode, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre from 2003. We'll be doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre at the beginning. AK-47 in the clip. We'll also be doing Happy Death Day to You and Halloween Ends, the the, the final installment for Jamie Lee Curtis. Evil but definitely tonight. not the last Halloween movie. <laughs> Probably not. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Angry doctors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, remember, life is tough, so why not get high on horror? I'm gonna be a star, Mom. <laughs> <laughs>